You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good evening. Once again, it is a special out of sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network where you can find a whole host of Vox Media Podcasts. I am Adil Royster, chill ride, chill vibes as always. Sixers, the undermanned, underpowered, uh, uh, not a whole lot of dudes on the bench. Those Sixers, 108-103 win over the Boston Celtics tonight. Sixers go to 16-15, and 15. Uh, flip those numbers, and that's the Boston Celtics record. Joel Embiid. 41 GD points in 40 minutes. Good God. Tobias Harris chipped in 25. Seth Curry with 26. Um, Not much of anybody else to report that's of any consequence. But it was a fun game. It was a nice game. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get some players back. Because as much as I enjoy five Aaron Henry minutes, yeah, just shake. Just shake or or Furcon or just anybody else, Maxi, whatever. I got Dave on the podcast tonight, and we are going to rap about the game tonight, and then we're going to get into some other around the NBA stuff. Uh, Dave, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Always, always a pleasure. Okay, so this this game, Jesus. I, you know, there's some games where it's just like, you know what, just, just postpone it. Just there's literally nobody available to play. Just, just no, let's just not play this game right now. I think the, um, I th- I'm sure we'll get into that more at the second half of the pod. But yeah. That's yeah coming. <laughs> going, going in, going in, I think few Sixer fans for both basketball reasons and public health and safety reasons would have been fine with a postponement. Um, it goes back a couple years ago, I guess, to, to Al Horford owning Joel and basically Joel's first NBA, full NBA season when the Sixers made playoffs in 2018, yeah. right? And ever since then, you got the sense that Joel's got something extra for this rivalry. And he, he wants to make sure that he, he wins it from then on. Yeah, like when the Celtics and I, I feel like the Hawks are on that list now because he gets incredibly hyped up for both of the Atlanta games so far this season. Yeah. And he he just came out like a house of fire uh, first quarter. I mean, he, he was slow to get started. Like he didn't really get going until maybe like the second quarter. That's when he started really taking control. Right. Right. He, uh, I don't know where he would say it. We used to have that running joke. What percentage is he? Big 69. Yeah. I don't know what percentage he is back from the, the breakthrough COVID he had. Um, I know Tobias Harris was saying like, we still have conversations as a team, like, yo, how's your win tonight? How's your chest pain? 
Um, so, you know, who knows what Joel would say, but he's also dealt with the knee off and on. He was missing a game with uh, the ankle. He landed on Kyle Lowry, but he looked pretty damn good. I know he got his adrenaline going late there with some of those fadeaways. Um, and, and then and he, just, he, he also got his, like, his knee kind of, like, jerked around in the first couple of possessions in that first quarter. Friggin' Marcus Smart. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, he's winning games at this point, and – you know, as a Sixers fan and that he hasn't had a stretch yet where he's just been healthy for like a month where he could kick it into even another gear than he has, but pretty, pretty dominant anyway. I mean, despite the slow start kind of from Embiid in the first quarter, like once again, Seth, Cur- Seth, I said it right. I said it right. Holy crap. Seth <laughs> Curry. <call> Steph. <laughs> I did not. Uh, Seth Curry getting things going early. Yeah, with 10 points. And then Toby had a good start 10, with 9 10 points. 14 from the floor. Good God. Seth. I would just like to, Dave, can I just remind you that we got Seth Curry for the ghost of Josh Richardson. I mean, <laughs> what what a remarkable, remarkable steal by Daryl Morey, one of the first decisions he's made. I mean, in, in one fell swoop, he got rid of the Horford thing for one pick and return Danny Green, who's been really good in a Sixers uniform. He got rid of Josh Richardson and one Sam Hinkie second rounder from the Willie Hernan Gomez pick for Seth yeah. Curry. And that has been just a yeah. huge, huge deal. And, and he got Tyrese Maxey that same summer. So summer were, of 2020 uh, or spring or fall, whatever it's called. Was, there were some uh, – there are a, a few – offensive wrinkles in tonight's game that we really hadn't seen before or yeah. maybe maybe we have and just not seen enough of them uh the the curry toby two-man game like that was working i hadn't seen that like ever yeah yeah they uh they unleashed that and like and you look at this box score i think it was our own sean kennedy who tweeted like we got three guys with 24 or more, and, and no one else has any points here. <laughs> yeah. They so got 25 uh, for Tobias, 41 for Joel, 26 for Curry, and then the next highest here is eight for Green, who padded his stats with a clutch three-pointer at the end there. Everybody uh, everybody except Matisse Thibel in the starting lineup played 40 minutes or more, and that's only because Thibel fouled out. But, you know, I'm, I'm splitting hairs here. Uh, the Toby... Embiid pick pick and roll game, absolutely unstoppable. Can we see more of this, Doc? Please. Yeah, yeah. We you saw some two man game with with Seth and Toby and Toby and Joel and um, Toby had one of his best games in I don't know a handful of weeks maybe. Uh, Boston in the second quarter they started to like step it up a little bit on defense and like the shots were starting to fall after only scoring 39 after only shooting 39% from the field in the first quarter. Um, I mean, Embiid tried to like take control in the second and Seth was continuing to stay spicy, but like that's kind of the point where I thought the game was kind of get away from the Sixers a little bit. And they were going to be like kind of down big at the half. Did you kind of feel that way? There was many points, including in the fourth quarter where I thought this, they, they're, toast um another one was when when matisse fouled out i was like god oh, they're getting that call that that's gonna tip this game uh because matisse was right there and the only reason they even blew the whistle was because smart just kind of snuffed him in the face 
yeah, that that was, thank God we got that foul because I I would have literally jumped up out of my chair and just I would have had to buy a new TV, which you know it's Christmas time, so <laughs> they sales, at least got so a technical. Fine. Yeah, it was a good challenge, but uh, but he he had to come out of the game. I, I will say that. So the last time they played, remember that horrible, boring slugfest, 88, 87 Celtics? Oh, God. But they held – let me look up the numbers here. Right. They held, they held Tatum in that game to 9 of 20. Uh, they oh. held Jalen Brown to 3 of 11. Got to love it. Yeah, and in this game, they did another, another nice job on Jason Tatum, 5 of 14. So 17 total points for JT and – you know, I know Matisse spent a lot of time on him in that one. It wasn't only Matisse. It was, it was a team effort, but uh, another, another good job on a, on a really talented player. Boston got their first lead at 55-53 in the third quarter. And, like, right, right there, like, I've had this uh, continuing thought that, like, third quarter sixes always show up. It just depends on which quarter it is. Uh, it just happened that it was actually the third quarter and the Sixers allowed 31 points in the, th- in the third quarter. A uh, lot of sloppy four shots, a lot of turnovers. As good as the Toby MB pick and roll was, and like that was really being unleashed in the third quarter, you kind of see it. But that's, things were starting to turn a little bit. And then I was just thinking to myself, oh, good Lord, here we go again. Can I just turn this game off right now and just assume everything, get Dave <laughs> on the podcast early and then maybe turn in early tonight. But yeah, I, I, I guess not. No, they, uh, they outscored them by 10 in that fourth. And I, even I don't know, though, like, even though Peyton Pritchard was going super sane in the fourth quarter, I'm like I was just going to mention who is this kid. I was just going to mention him. And God. uh yeah, they, they Seth went under a couple of those screens, and we just left him open because Matisse didn't want to leave Tatum, which makes sense. Right? But it did give it did give me flashbacks of being in the bubble, and the only defender out there has to chase over a screen or under a screen, and he's nowhere near the shooter. Peyton Pritchard and Marcus Smart, swear to God, they are only good against the Sixers. I'm totally convinced of this. I, I'll give you uh, I'll give you Peyton, but but Smart, you know. A lot of teams would say he's always good against us. Whatever. I, Marcus Smart Marcus Smart is that dude where it's just like, I hate to, I hate that he's not on our team, but if he was a sixer, I'd be all for it. Like, I would have been. Two of three I, from three. You know that if he was in red, white, and blue, his numbers would be like one of eight from three. Uh, yeah, we, we had, yeah, kind of Danny Green numbers, although he was, what, two of eight, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> hey, he hit, the, he hit the huge one, so. All right. Can, can we talk about uh, Joel's personal heat check in the last like two minutes of the fourth quarter? So I was like, <laughs> that Smart goes to double and he took what I guess objectively is a bad shot. Terrible but, shot. Maybe because he made the last two and then he made this one. We'll say that it wasn't a bad shot. Um, sure. He had it going. I, I guess technically I'd have to rewatch the play. I haven't seen it to see if there was a pass he definitely should have made. But he also probably has the instinct at this point to know that when they whip it around the horn, it doesn't always find the open man. Sometimes it ends up uh, being a tough shot and Seth has to start creating off the dribble. So it's, you know, he might've processed some of that and said, look, this is just, but no, I think you're right. I think it was just pure heat check. It was definitely a heat check. And I was looking at 
over like the replay of it, like on Twitter. And sure, he could have swung it around. Uh, Isaiah Joe was moving towards the wing there a little bit, like right behind him, could have slipped behind there. But like you said, nobody was really performing except for the big three of Embiid, Harrison Curry. So I, one part of me is like, okay, uh, it's I don't blame you for not trusting these guys right now, but at the same time, like you, you make it, you make it. That's fine. I'll, that's I'll, I'll accept that. I'll put it this way. If he missed it and somehow they ended up losing, we'd have to take a look at that on, yes. on the other end and say, they really need to not settle for these contested long fadeaways and crunch time. They need someone who can get their own shot. Uh, if they can get these, this type of game out of Tobias Harris, I mean, 10 free throws and three threes. Yes. But I don't even care about the makes. You took three threes and you took 10 free throws. That's a huge win for the Sixers. All right. So now the, the Sixers are 16 and 15, 31 games into the season. Got the Hawks coming up on Thursday. Um, I've been wavering on this team, and I'm just at the point now where I'm just kind of enjoying the ride and just enjoying the season and whatever happens, happens. If it's a mm-hmm. first round exit, whatever, I we just can't gauge this team until the the Simmons move, whatever it may be. So that's kind of where my head is right now. Yeah, that's fair. It's a big. Uh, it's you know, if if nothing happens, we'll sort of write them off as a nice little playing team, right? Um, maybe a six seed, uh, and you know, and they they'd be a frisky six seed, like. If you were the Bulls, you wouldn't necessarily be thrilled to have no. <laughs> Joel come to town. Um, so, you know, so even if they were in the bottom fourth, the, the bottom half of the play playoffs, they wouldn't be a team I'd be thrilled to face for sure because they have an MVP candidate, two-way defensive of the year candidate as well. Yeah, um, the, the Sixers are coming into the playing uh, tournament as the eight seed. And next thing you know, Brooklyn's like, wait, we gotta we gotta play Joel for seven games. Yeah, in round yeah. one. God damn it, <laughs> that's not easy. Yeah, they could be they could be facing a pretty tough road. That being said, they might even rather you have home court so they could have Kyrie Irving. Um, I'm just I, I'm just saying, if it's if it's Brooklyn Sixers in the first round, uh, I I would I would take the Sixers series money line. I would take that. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. I would I would bet that right now. The, the Sixers with no no blockbuster trade, just as is. Yeah, why why not? Like you got to spend money to make money, Dave. In this economy, touche, touche. You probably have some pretty good odds there. <laughs> Gas is expensive, Dave. I don't know what to tell you. I I got to get these. I got to get this coin where I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I think the Sixers are sort of at an inflection point where if they don't make a trade, I don't really view them as contenders. But of course, if they do, they they could change that. Uh, I wonder if the Kyrie Irving coming back changes their calculus at all, where now they feel hesit- more hesitant or more that they need to be even better. Uh, I, I see where you're going with this, but it's like even with Embiid and Tobias Harris and Seth Curry having a career year, like with those three, like would Daryl just be like, okay, uh, I can make a move and maybe get to the finals, but I, I I think I would honestly be more going towards playing for 
this upcoming off season and next season, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Cause as tough one, even if they get out of the East, like as constructed, I don't think they're beating Phoenix. I don't think they're beating uh golden state. Hell, if it's Utah or Denver, I'm not a thousand percent sure they're beating those teams either. So like they, they would be underdogs, but I think they would say that if you could make the finals, that's something you have to do. Good um, point. I, yeah. That's I think, a good point. I think the question for me is you got two ways to go. You could look to miss the playoffs completely. Right. And, and get a shot at a top four pick, which could really change everything. Um <laughs> We are not advocating for tanking on this podcast. We're not doing it tonight. No, no. But, you know, <laughs> maybe there's a way to do it um, without we're, raising. We're rationalizing this in our heads right now. We're spinning the wheels on this. Just just all things accounted for. And then you could then you could look to go the other. Because a few weeks ago, some of our Liberty Baller mates on the Slack were like, look, Brooklyn doesn't have Kyrie. He might not be coming back at all. Brooke Lopez is out. Uh, Bam and Jimmy are banged up. So this thing's yep. wide open. Spring a trade, even if it's not an ideal trade, go get McCollum or Fox. And I thought that had more appeal a few days ago before Kyrie was back because it was like, okay, that might be good enough to get out of the East. Now I don't think it is. So I wonder if that changes their calculus. Listen, I'm still, I'm still hopeful that I can do whatever I can do possibly to put it into the universe to – break our colleague Steve Littman's heart and uh, swing for a D-Lo trade. But, you know, that's just me. <laughs> that, that's just me being absolutely spiteful. I, I love you, Steve. Against fellow I love potters. you. <laughs> Steve, I love you. I swear I love you, man. Um, but once again, Sixers win it by five in Boston. Going to take a quick timeout. We're going to come back and uh, got some greater NBA thoughts as a whole. So Liberty Ballers, Out of Sight Podcast back in two seconds another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back uh, talking about the Sixers 108-103 victory over the Boston Celtics. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts, Dave, on some uh, some thinkings that I've had over the last couple of days, last week or so. Uh, with the Omicron variant spreading the way it is, I think I read something today where, like, as of now, 73% of all cases are the Omicron variant, as opposed to something like less than 15, maybe like two weeks ago. Jeez. You're seeing cases pop up in the NBA. You're seeing it in the NFL. The NHL has already shut things down until after Christmas. Um, are we going to see the NBA do that? 
Uh, I would guess that we are not going to see a shutdown. Um, but it feels like, you know, I, you couldn't rule it out. It wouldn't be a surprise at all. All right, I'll, I'll ask it the other way then. Should there be a, a, a temporary shutdown? Because I, I'm the guy that errs on the side of caution. That's me. That's who I've always been. I, I'm the same as you. I mean, obviously, I don't have the same type of monetary skin in the game that they yes. do. You know, Adam Silver represents the owners, and that's their that's their life and you know pride for this whole thing. And the players' association often wants to keep pushing as well because they want to get those checks, and they're willing to take some risk being a group of young, mostly vaccinated, healthy people. Um, but from where you and I are sitting, I, I I'm happy to err on the side of caution without all those dollars to lose. Yeah. I, I, would yeah. Break. I saw Brian Topper posted, like I, I hadn't fully formed my opinion on it and I still haven't, but he, he tweeted basically like, for those of you who want a break, what are you hoping it accomplishes? Like, isn't it going to be just the same in a few weeks? Yeah. And I, I couldn't necessarily answer that, but I wasn't persuaded by the point either. To where I just feel like how, how much harm could it do to hit pause for just a couple of weeks, maybe push to get some staff and coaches who might be a little bit older boosted if they're not, maybe right. a handful of players boosted if they're willing to, who haven't yet. Um, and just let some of this wash through as horrible as that sounds, because sometimes people are getting sick and dying, but I, let I it mean, wash through and, and get everyone right. quarantined for a little bit and see what happens. And I, I like the I, I kind of like the idea of the 10 day hardship move that they made allowed the yeah. to sign Tyler Johnson. Sure, yeah. that that, that kind of like fills and uh, resets the rosters a little bit. But, you know, at, at the same time, like these hardship guys, they might get caught up in the whole sweep. So, like, what are we even really doing right now? I don't know what we're really doing. I have more questions than I do answers. Yeah. Like it's, this is just the times that we live in now where it's just like, at, at least, at least from everything that I've read, everything that I've heard, everything that I've seen. Uh, yes. The Omicron variant is way more contagious than any other variant we've seen so far, but because there are like 60% of Americans vaccinated, which again, public service announcement, if you're not vaccinated, please get vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, get your booster, like just go online, philly.gov and uh, they'll have uh, open clinics for you and just figure all this out. Um, but the, the, the deaths from Omicron, they're not that high. Uh, the symptoms are similar, but they're not really you know, causing the crazy amounts of hospitalizations like the Delta variant and variants before that. So maybe this is just like what we live with now. Yeah, you know, I cover the Brooklyn Nets and basically that's what Steve Nash was saying after one of the games. This is a scary new normal that we're all trying to get used to. And it appears to be this way indefinitely. And it impacts all of us and it impacts sports, of course, because it's part of the world. Um, so I, it's hard for me to say like, this is the way it's going to be for a long period of time. Cause everything just seems to change within three months or less. And it has really just in my own personal life made me forced to be more of a 
live life by the day kind of in the present. You know what I mean? Right. Um, because it's just so uncertain and so wild how things change. Like it wouldn't be surprised if they just pushed forward and didn't postpone any games. Wouldn't be surprised if they just hit pause for a month. It would be hard to surprise me with all this stuff because it's just been so nuts. Yeah. And the, the wave of infections and cases popping up in the NBA, like it's causing like some wild swings in some of these records and standings that I'm looking at. And I, I feel like we can ask this now after like almost 30, most teams have played 30 games, but what's your, what's your biggest non Sixers surprise? Because let, let's face it. I don't, I don't think anybody was really thinking that the Sixers minus Ben Simmons or Ben Simmons major trade. I, I don't think anybody was expecting them to be at like the top of the standings, even after that hot start. But looking at the standings both east and west like what do you consider to be your the the thing that stands out most right now um so all right i guess from from my preseason expectations let me just rattle off a bunch of surprises as i look at the standings here sure i completely surprised about the nets not having Kyrie all this time completely surprised at how underwhelming James Harden has looked for his own standards. Granted, yeah. he still looks like an all-star, but I'm just very surprised at how he's looked. Um, really surprised about DeMar DeRozan, who's like le- legitimately has an out- outside case for MVP. In, in we way. laughed at that signing. We all did. Yeah, yeah. He's just been ridiculously good. Um, Mobley, in the way he's turned around a franchise. With oh, Marlon. my God huge surprises you know I, these are guys i really liked you know we did that 100 top 100 players and i picked garland because i thought he was a breakout candidate but uh he's he's even put my own expectations to shame because and, he's playing so well and this is where yeah, this is where this thought came for me like i looked at the standings this morning or yesterday i was like wait Cavaliers have won six in a row. What what did I what did I miss? What had what did I miss while I was gone? And yeah, Evan Mobley has been like I this kid is legit. He's yeah, a thousand percent for real. And like you said, he's transforming what people have thought of when they thought of the Cleveland Cavaliers, where it's just like, oh, well, LeBron's not there, so who cares? Well, yeah. There's this Evan Mobley kid, and Darius Garland is good, and uh, that that's good enough. Um, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit bummed out that the Knicks aren't as good as they could be or should be. I guess I should say. I, Julius Randle's kind of taking a step back. Kemba Walker hasn't really worked out, so the guard situation is a little in flux, but. The, that Cavaliers team, I, I, I really hope they're in the mix, at, at least the play-in game. I want them to be – I want to see playoff Evan Mobley because I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, the Knicks are a surprise in terms of their disappointment. I feel a little bit of relief there as a Sixers fan because yeah. <laughs> they beat the Sixers. They kind of smacked them twice already this year, and I felt find that extra painful because they were so – Knicks fans were so down on the process for so long that – it it gives them so much joy to be better than the Sixers. <laughs> um, I, the, the, the team that I will give my biggest surprise to will be the Warriors. Not from, oh, yeah. not from a total game standpoint, because, you know, a team like the Cavs, I might 
end up being off by like 40, 40 games or something. But yeah. the, the Warriors may only win like 10 games more than I would have guessed. But they look like a championship team even without Clay being there yet. And that's uh, and Steph looks like the best player in, on the planet. And those are huge surprises to me. I thought the Warriors were going to be good. I didn't think they were going to be this good. 24 and no. 6 good. No way. Same. Uh, also, let me, let me ask this question. Are the Timberwolves good? Because I think they're good. I, I think they're okay. So let's, answer, let's ask it this way. Do they have a franchise player? Yes. And that's Towns, right? Towns and or Edwards, depending on where you stand with the kid. I think, I think I would say Towns is a franchise player, and he's their best player. And I think the possibility that Edwards can get to a point where he's consistent enough to play like an all-star gives them the potential to be. So at this point, I guess I think they're just frisky, but certainly some upside. If they could land Ben Simmons without giving up Towns or Edwards, I think they could be a very good team. Uh, there, if there I were we them again, Simmons for D'Angelo Russell. There it if is. If I were them, I'd be, I'd be calling all the time, offering <laughs> either either Russell or the the Beverly Beasley and Picks platter. So, but at uh, the same time, you, you worry about onboarding a player who's such a unique fit, yeah. unique skill set that uh, it could derail some of your chemistry, but ultimately worth it to me. I'm bummed Zion hasn't played at all this season because I I really like his game. And it's unfortunate that the, the Pelicans keep getting the shaft like every year, it seems like. As a fan, it stinks. But as if you were Daryl Morey, you probably don't mind that because you wonder, like, could Brandon Ingram be more gettable? Could Zion be more gettable? Yeah. I don't know. Could they be a third team facilitator? Uh, another Western disappointment for me a little bit, the Mavericks. I don't know what's going yeah. on there. They were looking good for like a couple of, for like a week or a few days, but then just the wheels fell off. The the view from, from like the three games that I've watched on TNT there, they just kept talking about how Luca's not really in shape and he's not playing mm. at the same level. Um, That's not but good. I'm not familiar with them enough. Uh, Rudy Gobert is getting MVP buzz, and I'm like, no, stop it. Let's let's you just not let's not do you that. Can't Lucy with the football me again. Let's let's. I not know do he that. was amazing, but <laughs> it, I think there is a drop off with him in the playoffs, which is, at on the one hand, fair, but on the other hand, not fair because his team is a bunch of perimeter matadors defensively. So we see it ourselves. We know Joel is a monster defensively, but when Matisse is out if he's sitting or if he's hurt or if he's in foul trouble and Ben Simmons is out of the lineup, you could make Joel look like a much worse defender because he's flailing. He's out of position. Yeah. He's picking between layups and lobs. And those are terrible choices. And Rudy gets some of those um, terrible choices in the playoffs, but yeah, he, he's a monster and a lot of teams will be lucky to have. Him. Well, we'll just have to see how the rest of this shakes out. I mean, we're only like 30 games in, but uh Lots more to go, and I don't know. Hopefully, things stay relatively on course. If the season needs to be paused for uh, two weeks, a month, then I'm I'm all for it. Uh, if not, just I just hope everybody proceeds with caution. 
Yeah, I hope the Sixers who are now healthy can stay healthy. You know, like if Tobias was still feeling a lack of wind tonight was certainly a step in the right direction. Hopefully he can uh, get back to playing the way he was the first half last year. Sixers 108-103 over the Boston Celtics. Got Atlanta coming up on Thursday. Dave Early, always fun talking to you, always fun rapping with you. Uh, where can people find your stuff, read your stuff, interact with you on Twitter if you allow that kind of thing? <laughs> I won't forbid you, yes. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at, at David Early, D-A-V-I-D-E-A-R-L-Y. Um, I'm tempted to make some early in the morning joke, but I won't do it. I've heard them all. I, I mean, you, you've already done so many uh, talking to me on this podcast. Like, I don't <laughs> like the, the bank, the well has run dry, Dave. It's fine. If you, if you um, come up with some new ones. That's cool. Yeah, I write, I write for Liberty Ballers about the Sixers and I cover the Nets for Clutch Points app. So come get your Joel and B and your Kevin Durant content. Good stuff from both the top and you know the the bottom of the eastern conference well the, <laughs> the bottom in terms of like you know the playoffs but you know every, y'all know what i mean anyway i am a deal royce it's been the outside podcast uh sixers win again uh let's hope we get some of these players back and uh beat atlanta on thursday until then i am signing off i'm getting out of here dave you enjoy your week happy holidays happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa all that good stuff Happy all that good stuff. Thank you. <laughs>